Hello, I'm David Sparks, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rose Orchard, and this is The Automators, where we talk about how to automate your technology to do your work for you. Hello, Rose. Hello, David. We're back again. Yes, we are, and uh, we've got a fun-filled holiday episode this month. We thought it would be fun to talk about using automation for holiday-related stuff. Yeah, it's one of these things, you know, it comes around at least once a year. For some people, there there are multiple holidays in the year, and... It's a good opportunity to bust out the automation tools and impress the relatives, or at the very least, make your life a little easier. Or just, in my case, just add some nerdiness to the holiday, which is just a, a purpose in itself. Yes. Well, it's a it's a worthy purpose because, you know, everybody should be enjoying themselves, you know, at every time of year, hopefully, but especially at the, during the holidays. So the um, We've covered this on the Mac Power Users a few times over the years. We'll go ahead and put some links in the show notes for those shows. Uh, this episode of The Automators, we're going to go a little bit nerdier. We're going into some Apple Script and some some other stuff. So um, those shows are great, and this show is going to go even deeper down the nerd stack. So, so you know, let's get started. <laughs> um, All right. Well, you, you had a good one, I think, that'd be fun for the holidays about your desktop background. Yeah, so this is for almost everybody. If you're an iOS user, I'm afraid you can't do this one. But Windows users, Android users, Mac users, Linux users, you can automatically change your desktop background. So pick a folder or on Android, that would be an album um, of festive pictures and have your device automatically change your background. Um, On Windows, Mac, and Linux, you could also do a screensaver of fun images. Um, And there are some actual really nice uh, sets of images out there, which you can just download as a whole uh, group or maybe uh, add it to your photo library automatically. There's some Google Photos albums as well, which is a really nice, simple way that everybody can add some fun to their holidays. I am... I went searching the other day for my iOS devices. I wanted a home screen that was appropriately festive, but also Star Wars. Yeah, that took a little while. I mean, there's some stuff out there. There's some kind of oddball pictures of Yoda in a Santa suit, but they didn't really work (laughs) for me. But then I found the perfect one. It's BB-8 draped in um, in, uh, Christmas lights. I will, uh, in fact, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's just the perfect little... uh, um, wallpaper for your iphone and your ipad but yeah that is something i'm gonna have to borrow because bb8 is just adorable so christmas lights on top love it oh yeah we went to disneyland and they were selling uh, custom iphone cases and they have one with a porg on it in a, <gasps> in, a in a santa hat <laughs> and he says season squeakings i don't know oh, i had i had oh. to get it rose i had to buy it <laughs> Okay, uh, note to self, I need the same iPhone case as David. I love Porgs. They're so adorable. I saw Star Wars last Christmas, and oh, yeah, Porgs. I don't, I don't know why everybody's so angry about these little Porgs. They're kind of cute. Although They're I do, adorable. I do still wish Chewie had ate that one. I mean, come on. Yeah. You already cooked it. I mean, come on. He was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so set your desktop backgrounds. Have some fun with that. There's, like we said, no, no matter, as as you can see from my little adventure, no matter what you're interested in, is whether it's Doctor Who or whatever, there's some kind of Christmas theme for that as well. So you can you can mix your metaphors. The um, uh, Another one is now that we have all these voice and a can things in our house, I think you can get those involved with your holiday preparations as well. 
Yeah. I mean, just simply asking how long until Christmas, you'll get different answers on different devices. Like uh, my Echo is just giving it to me in days, whereas um, Siri has been returning in weeks and days. Um, But any voice assistant should be able to tell you how long it it is until Christmas or New Year or Kwanzaa, whatever holiday it is you're celebrating. Yeah. And it it would be, um, that'd be something you may want to combine into a bigger automation like if you had a Christmas related kickoff automation that would tell you um, that would play your favorite music and turn on your lights and things, we're going to talk about some of those later. There's nothing wrong with inserting some, some series shortcut code in there to figure out the current day and subtract that from, from the holiday that you're looking for. And then you could create a text field to say, um, or just a text file that says, you know, so many days until whatever the holiday is and have it say that um, yep. or display it. That's really only two or three step shortcut. If you look at some of the stuff we did on date shortcuts earlier in the run of the show, you could easily convert one of those to to add specific code. I mean, obviously, uh, Apple and Google, all these have already hard coded in where you can just ask the device how many days until Christmas and it's going to know that. But if you want to include that in an automation you're going to have to kind of build it yourself, but it's a, it's an easy date math um, automation. It, it's a very simple one. And of course, uh, things like the Echo and so on have got Christmas skills where they've got silly jokes and things like that, which is perfect for either maybe you, if you enjoy that kind of thing. I know I do. Um, and also to keep kids and family members entertained around the holidays. So, Yeah, my, uh, my little niece, who's uh, two now, has this, oh. she she's got used to talking to um to the google in their house so now <laughs> now she tries to talk to the smoke detector she thinks it's google <laughs> sitting in her crib well there you go that that can be a project evil holiday project for somebody if yes. you want to mess with your relatives or friends kids you know like train them to talk to smoke detectors <laughs> it did make me think though i mean what is it like for these children growing up where they have never known a time where you didn't have a, a voice in a can in your life? It's a That's, very different perspective on yeah. life. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you can do that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about music and just the in general, the holiday playlist, because I think that's something a lot of people like, and it would make a lot of sense to automate that. So there's at the most basic level, um, if you've got a, especially if you've got a music subscription service, but also if you just bought all your own music, you can easily put together a playlist. I'm going to be Apple centric on this discussion because that's where I spend most of my time. And, um, and I, since I have an Apple music subscription, I have over the years put together, what I think is a mighty fine, uh, playlist. I call it Yule, Y-U-L-E. And in fact, I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So if you want to subscribe to it, it's just a whole bunch of jazz-related Christmas stuff that I like. Yes, I uh, subscribed to this last year, I believe, because you mentioned it on my power users, and I can second it. It's a very good playlist. And I've been updating it, so there's going to... In fact, I'll put a post up on the Max Barkey. Maybe I'll put a link for that in, too. But the um, I've been updating it, continuing my search, found some new music that I didn't expect this year. Um, so it's getting better, and, I, and I'll share it. But my point is, you know, what if you want to play that... Um, so there's a lot of ways we talked about if you have a voice in a can, if you have an Apple HomePod, it's very easy, especially for an Apple music based playlist, just to say, you know, magic phrase, play the Yule playlist and it'll just happen. And that's great. That's almost as much automation as you need because you can start it 
with your voice in a few words and you can stop it at any time. Um, but you can take that another level if you want. And, uh, and in series shortcuts, you have the ability to start a specific playlist and you can set it to be random and play music. In fact, Rose has got a, a shortcut we're going to share in the show notes of this show that does something like that in relation to HomeKit. But but just you can have in any automation you want, you can have it start a playlist. So if you've got, let's say, a series shortcut to get you into the mode of wrapping gifts or whatever, you can have it automatically start playing that music. I do have a complaint, though, Rose. Yeah. What is your complaint, David? I want that playlist to play on my HomePod automatically. And yeah. there's currently no way to do that. No. I mean, the only way that you can do that is if you talk to the HomePod and you say, uh, hello, lady, please, can you run this shortcut? And then they, you can run shortcuts, certain shortcuts, I would uh, hate to caution you, yeah. uh, on your HomePod. And uh, depending on how you set your shortcut up, this might be one of them. And then, of course, that HomePod will start playing the music. And uh, as anybody who owns a HomePod knows, the microphones on it are excellent. So if you even say the magic phrase with a HomePod somewhere nearby, I'm pretty sure I heard mine just trigger through a closed door at the other end of the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Um, so it... it I mean, it's just not, it should be a trigger inside the actual series shortcut where yeah. you get to choose what HomePod it plays on. I, you know, it's easy to be critical. It is the very first iteration though of series shortcuts. So let's hope that I just feel like overall, in fact, that's one of the problems throughout some of the stuff we're talking about the show today is the HomeKit, HomePod stuff integration needs a little more muscle. Yeah. Um, it does, but yeah. I think we can get there on it, though. I have a feeling that that team are still hard at work. We're seeing a lot yeah, of betas so. on them. So. Yeah, I love that. I love that there's so many betas on an Apple product, and it's not just WWDC. <laughs> yes, that is always good. Okay, um, let's take a minute to talk about the sponsor for today's show, and that's our friends over at Smile and their application text expander. Um uh, text expander is the way I get, it's the most simple automation I do, but it's the one I use every day. And, uh, text expander multiplies your team's productivity by making up to date shared knowledge available instantly. So when you use text expander, um, you can type a simple phrase and it can expand into something big. And that is the very definition of automation. Um, but text expander goes so much further than simple text expansion one of the things they do is that they have teams. So you can share this text expander data among multiple team members. And that makes it accessible and searchable through simple abbreviations and keyboard shortcuts. And then you can write the text expansion snippets by your best writer. So if you're in a company and you've got customer service issues, you know, whoever is the best writer can write the responses to those emails. And then all the people that are managing those emails can access it through that shared text expander database. And because it's available on multiple platforms, Mac OS, iOS, Windows, and the web, um, you can use it from just about anywhere. And it's great. I am actually a team text expander subscriber because of the Mac Sparky field guides. Get a lot of questions. I try to deal with a lot of them myself, but sometimes I get overloaded. And in that case, I send them on to an assistant and the assistant has access to those same snippets that I use and responding to customer inquiries. And the thing I love about this is I can make changes to the database and the customer or the uh, 
the assistant doesn't even know it. Like one of the things is sometimes we include links or maybe I have to change a title or do something and I'll fix the snippet. And she just keeps using the same snippet she's always used. The text changes. She's not even really aware of it, but the customer still gets the most up-to-date information. Got a lot of listeners to this show that have written into us saying that they're doing the same thing with their teams. It's just a great way to solve a problem. So if you're on a team, Text Expander will change the way you work and leave you more time to do what you do best. For bigger teams, Text Expander supports single sign-on and grouping accounts, which makes getting set up a breeze. Uh, it's also great for writers and sales teams, teachers, lawyers, and more. Uh, you can find tips related to your industry by searching for the Text Expander blog. I've written a bunch of stuff. I use Text Expander as a lawyer. So it's just a, a great little application. Uh, it can save you so much time. So don't put it off any longer. You know, we're getting towards the end of the year. It's time to get your automation act together. That's why you're listening to the automators. Go to textexpander.com slash podcast right now to learn more. Once again, that's textexpander.com slash podcast. And make sure to let them know you heard about it here on The Automators. Well, let's uh, dive in a little bit deeper with some of those uh, home solutions, actually. So yeah. as well as playing music, you can, of course, turn on the lights. Everybody can turn on lights. You might have a light switch. But of course, at this time of year, you can actually, you know, you probably have got a Christmas tree that you need to turn on and off or some kind of holiday lighting. Um, some people, I'm sure, have got reindeer on the roof, that sort of thing. Uh, you can, of course, go super simple. Uh, just go buy one of those cheap uh, timers, uh, plugs that you can plug something into and that will automatically turn on at, I don't know, 4 p.m. and turn off at 10 p.m., things like that. But those aren't the most flexible way of doing things. And uh, I've heard, David, that you've got a pretty in-depth holiday setup going on at home. Can you tell us a bit um, about that? I mean, sort of. So I, uh, first of all, I, I get the, the simplicity of the timer and that's cool. But I really like having the ability to control it more. Um, and for me, the indoor stuff, I mean, we have, you know, uh, first of all, I didn't ask you this, Rose, but I, I'll tell you, my family goes hard at Christmas. I mean, and, and you know how it's very vogue. I was listening to a couple other podcasts on the network and everybody's saying, oh, they're so happy that we have Thanksgiving to give them a barrier between Christmas and, you know, and Halloween. So people don't start really getting serious about Christmas until after Thanksgiving in the U.S. Not us, man. We treat Thanksgiving as a speed bump. We're we're already thinking about Christmas when November hits. And so I'm always making plans and doing stuff. And what I don't like is about the the timer for your, your Christmas tree, because we have two trees in our house is what I was getting to. We have the usual Christmas tree, and my wife has her very own little Starbucks tree where she collects the ornaments from Starbucks. So we've got two trees to light. And um, we've also got believe it or not, a little mini Disneyland in our house. <laughs> um, are you familiar with the concept of Christmas villages, Rose? I am, yes. but that's uh, not something that I think everybody will be familiar okay, with. So it's these little houses where you make like a little village. And it, it was a thing. It was very popular in the U.S. And it seems to me like it's a lot less popular now than it used to be. But my mother was super into it. So when she passed, we took some of her houses. We always like to put her houses up. But then we realized that if we got a little creative, we could make our own little Disney uh, Main Street. And, you know, my wife really likes Disney, and, and frankly, so do we, so the rest of us. So we, so we made our own little uh, Main Street. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a picture of this in the show notes so you guys can make fun of me. Uh, but so, we, so we've, got a, we've got a Main Street we've got to light up. We've got two trees. We've got, we've got all this stuff we want to light up. Nobody wants to go around and have different timers running at different times. 
And, and a lot of times we're not home. So what's the point of having lights turn on when nobody's home? Uh, so I really wanted to make it more automation friendly and it was really easy. Uh, what I did is I got some of those iHome plugs and the iHome plugs are just a home kit friendly plug that you can plug into the wall and you can plug a thing into that. So I've got the, you know, the Disney main street, the two trees plugged into these iHome plugs. And then I have a trigger on my front door. It's just a magnetic switch that is also uh, HomeKit friendly. And I will look up the, the name of the manufacturer. I frankly forget who it was. I've had them for some time now. But it's just a little magnetic switch. When the door opens, it sends a signal to, to, um, to HomeKit to say, hey, front door just opened. And so all I did is set up an automation now that when the front door opens, it turns on the two trees and the little Disney village. And it's great because you walk in the door and the house just lights up with Christmas for you. And, and the condition is that it's at nighttime as well. So with HomeKit, you can say the switch is thrown and it's dark outside. And when you do that, all that stuff happens. And it's great. That is wonderful. Yes, because that is the advantage of integrating this into a HomeKit or Google Home or whatever setup that you're using. Um, you can make it happen only when you're at home and only have it ultimately turn on, say, 45 minutes before sunset, because at least for me, it's getting pretty dark then already um, and things like that. And that's really nice. So, of course, what I would recommend doing, uh, if you hook this into any existing scenes or whatever setup it is, groups in your HomeKit setup or home automation setup, make a note of this because otherwise I can guarantee somebody is not going to be happy after Christmas. It'll probably be you because almost every assistant will go, I was unable to locate the device Christmas tree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, or Christmas tree is not responding, something like that. And that is very frustrating. And that's a very big buzzkill after what will hopefully be a very enjoyable season for you. Yeah, it's, it's not that big of a deal. And and the, um, for instance, the outdoor lights I have on also an iHome switch, which does just that. It looks at the sunset and it turns the lights on at sunset and it turns them, them off at a specified time. Um, I could, I could have done that on a light sensitive switch, but these um these iHome things are super cheap, so it wasn't that much more money to do it. And I like the ability to remotely turn them off or even turn them on if I want. Like if it's a cloudy, rainy day, I can just be sitting at my desk and turn the lights on, you know. So um, that gives you just more power. And the name of the door switch, by the way, is Eve, E-V-E. They make this door switch, and it's um it's great. I use it all the time for different types of automation, but during the holiday season, it turns on the indoor stuff. Um, oh, the other thing it turns on <laughs> is a, um, Rose, I, I really need help, honestly. Um, a couple of years ago, somebody made an outdoor decoration that's like a, uh, that's a cute little R2-D2 that lights up with a Santa hat on. And of course, I have it, but it was too good to put outside and get beat on by the sun and the rain. So it's an indoor decoration, and he lights up too. Okay, uh, I'll tell you what, I will provide help. Uh, I'm going to fly over and I'm going to pick some of this stuff up and I'm going to redistribute it, okay? Is, okay? is that the kind of help you're looking for? <laughs> As a side note, redistributing may involve just bringing it home. <laughs> it's a long trip. It's a long trip for you, but if you come, I'll, I will give I'll you something. I'll make it. For an R2-D2, a Christmas decoration, I yeah. will make it. The, um, uh, so, you know, it, it, it's interesting, though. What I was saying earlier about the music is where this stuff hangs up for me. It's like we need the ability to have that door switch. We need the home kit triggers 
uh, be able to be a Siri shortcut trigger to start up actions, if you understand what I mean. Like, yes. currently, I cannot have Siri shortcuts say, when the front door opens, do this, do something. I can address HomeKit as a scene to say, as part of my automation, I want you to activate a specific scene. And um, but I cannot to say uh, when home, when the door triggers or when I trigger the scene do something else. And what I'd ideally like, you know, is to walk in the front door and have you know my favorite Dexter Gordon Christmas song start coming out of the HomePod and the Christmas lights go on. That's that's what I'm looking for, Rose. Well, I mean, this is a bit of a rabbit hole. We're not strictly speaking of automating holidays now, but on this week's Connected, Federico was talking about how he set up Homebridge on his brand new Mac Mini, and he's using um, uh, integration to trigger Apple scripts on the Mac Mini via HomeKit, which means that it can then address iTunes, which means it can talk to specific HomePods and play specific music as part of a scene. Um. And so for anybody looking for a holiday project who is in the HomeKit and AppleScript world, by all means, go at that and please report back. I have no experience with this. I have used HomeKit uh, HomeBridge before. Um, It's a third-party piece of software that you can run on something like a Raspberry Pi or uh, a Mac Mini, and then you can use it to add non-HomeKit compatible devices to your home. Um, There's also Home Assistant, which is another piece of open source uh, software which you can run to up your home automation that works with HomeKit things and everything else is not HomeKit as well, um, or almost everything else, I believe. And of course, if it doesn't, then hopefully you can find somebody who's written a plugin to do that. Um, but that is a way of doing that. It's, I would say, caution you that it may not be the most stable way. And if you are using this holiday season as an opportunity to get family members on board with automation, um, take a leaf out of David's book and, uh, pick something simpler to start with um because uh david's been in the doghouse in that area before so i I, I did something similar in the hazel field guide um i covered it where i use an if this then that trigger to create a text file which then Mm -hmm. hazel sees and once hazel sees the field guide that's a trigger and then i trigger an apple script to play music Um, i am not sure if i can apple script address the output of the music instead of playing it on my mac to play it through a home pod I believe that what Federico said is you have to set up iTunes on the Mac to uh, to specifically play to the HomePods, yeah. and then it works. So just leave uh, it on as a default. So yeah. you're, you're not really scripting it. It's just that's just the the native or the the natural. Um, um, that's just the that's just the intent of the app is to talk to the HomePod instead of playing through the speakers. And then the question becomes: If you restart the Mac, do you have to redo? It? I mean, the, when we, we're getting in the land of goofy automation right now, where things work if everything aligns up perfectly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this so, is where you're, you know, just doing chants and things to make sure that everything works as you expect. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I suspect I could probably get it to work either through that Hazel method I was talking about or through, through the, the method Federico was using. But what I'd really like is for it to be a lot easier and just, you know, yeah. build it into series shortcuts. I can already make it play a playlist. The only thing I'm missing now is the trigger and the ability to direct the playlist at a specific speaker. And like I said earlier, you know, it is the first year of Apple um, <laughs> series shortcuts. And it's pretty amazing how much that did get done. So I'm not going to be super upset. It takes them another year to get that figured out. Well, um, Apple, this is one of our Christmas wishes. Please can we have it? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you knew as soon as they gave us series shortcuts, we were never going to be just happy with that. Right, Apple? I mean, we're going to yeah. want more. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Automators, nerds want everything and we want it all now. Yeah. All right. Right. So uh, next uh, up is uh, if you send uh, lots of cards or letters at this time of year, uh, I, we would highly recommend using Mail Merge to create the address labels for those envelopes or to print directly onto the envelopes, however you choose to do it, just to uh, make life a little bit easier. Um what you may discover is, say, for example, you have David Sparks and Daisy Sparks in your address book. Uh, then, of course, they come up twice. So you will need to make sure that you do appropriate filtering. And if, for example, instead of writing a Christmas card to David Sparks, you'd prefer to write it to the Sparks family, you may want to just drop the name um, or have the name printed in a very faint color that you can then write over with a, some kind of fancy pen, maybe a calligraphy pen. Uh, if you are into pens, of course, highly recommend the Pen Addict. Um, to uh, go even nerdier on fountain pens. But yes, that is something that is well worth doing because you can even make it pretty. You can add, of course, emoji when you print it, or you can just add some pretty images of some holly or something to represent the season to uh, jazz up those Christmas cards. Yeah, they, uh, and, and just to go a little deeper on this, this is one we have covered on MPU, and so you can go listen to those episodes. But um, the mechanics of that is usually, I, I think the best way to do that on a Mac at this point is to put it into a numbers or an Excel spreadsheet. Um, the uh, You can do it sort of out of the contacts database, but the problem is that the contact fields in the contact database are kind of pre-designated by Apple, and there is no potential field that you can say the Sparks family, which is what you'd mm-hmm. want to say instead of David or Daisy. And I've actually talked to some of the developers that have been working on some of the contact-related apps, and they all are aware of this problem. But the, the problem is that the way the contact database is, which is what every address book app uses, is Apple's native contact database, because it wouldn't make any sense to, to, to roll your own, because then you'd have inconsistent data. So they, they've got to use Apple's database, and Apple's database simply doesn't have a field for this. So what I would recommend is you export out of contacts, make a specific... Um, contact group over the people you want to get your cards, export that out, and then import it into um, numbers or Excel, and then just add a field with the name of how you want it addressed. And then you can use that field in your um, mail merge instead of the actual name of the person. And the point Katie made, because she's so practical and smart, um, was, you know, once you make it, then you're done. I mean, you really don't need to go and rebuild that every year. Most For most of your people, the addresses aren't going to change. And uh, if you've got a way of keeping track of where they do change, you can go and fix those fairly easily. So um, that's the mechanics of how to do that mail merge. Yeah. Um, And it's a very practical thing to do. You might be thinking, oh, it's not very personal sending an envelope with a printed address. Uh, Trust me when I say the post people will be really happy because reading handwriting can be very, very tricky. Um, And especially if you've got a big stack of cards to write, you know, you're going to be happy at the end of it because your hand's not aching. And the post people will be happy because they'll actually be able to deliver these cards. So uh, think of it in that perspective if uh, the uh, lack of personality is making you a little sad there. Hey, let's talk about Christmas lists. All right. So you've got to make a list and check it twice, right? Right, Or thrice, maybe? Why not? Uh, Because there's a couple of things that you might want to do this time of year, like maybe buying presents, wrapping presents, delivering presents. Uh, Speaking of wrapping, 
there's this guy called Max Barkey, and he <laughs> yeah. released this gift wrapping field guide, and it's free. So if you want to do super nerdy, awesome gift wrapping, uh, then I would highly recommend getting that because it's free. So why not? At the yeah, very that, least, you can learn how to make presents look awesome, even if you choose not to do it. I feel like that is the exact opposite of automation. <laughs> oh, it is. But it's great fun. And honestly, there are some things that you don't want to automate because it's good fun. Like, what's better than putting on a nice film, sitting there and wrapping some presents for the people that you really love? Yeah. So I, yeah. It's just, I've, there's been this joke on Mac Powers for years about how I love to wrap presents. And Everybody thinks I'm like joking. A lot of people email me like, you don't really do that, do you? And of, of course I do. Uh, so I, it's like a 15-minute video. It's free. You can get it over at learn.maxbarkey called the Gift Wrap Field Guide. And it shows you the tools I use and how I wrap a present. And uh, I, I'm actually hearing from a lot of listeners who are like, they're, they're like going to impress their wives and husbands this year with this new found wrapping prowess. So I'm, I'm glad I'm helping out there. Yeah, and it, it, trust me, at the very least, it's worth watching just to see how this gets done. Yeah. So uh, anyway, back to our list of checking it twice or even thrice. Um, you've probably got some people that you want to buy the presents for, and then you're going to wrap the presents, and then you're going to deliver the presents. But in order to make sure everything gets done, it's worth having a list. Yeah. Really worth having a list for this. Um, and I've actually created two shortcuts, one for things and one for OmniFocus. Uh, where you can choose some contacts. And then for each of these, you get two tasks added to a uh, project, which is created for you called, by default, Christmas 2018. But you can, of course, rename that to suit your needs. And uh, it will just add um, a, a task to buy the present for person and wrap the present for person um, to your task list, which is quite simple. But I, I believe that this could save me quite a bit of time because last year I was there going, hmm, three days before Christmas and I forgot to buy my mom, boyfriend's mama Christmas present. <gasps> oh, man. So, uh, That's the one person you got to take care of, Rose. Oh, trust me. I, I, I fixed that. We went out and I found a beautiful hat, scarf and glove set for her, which she was absolutely thrilled with. So it turned out that it worked out really, really well. Um, but it could have gone so horribly wrong. And so this year I have a list. So we have uh, we've done the list a little differently, and this is a very uh, unautomatory, I guess is that a word? But the um, uh, for me, the key with the uh, the Christmas gift list is the fact that we need to share it. You know, Daisy and I mm-hmm. are out. We do the shopping together and sometimes apart. And so what we do is every year, you know, at some point in November, we sit down and start saying, okay, what are we going to get for these people? And we have a shared reminders list. And I know there's a bunch of apps that are way better at this. Uh, but because my wife is not so much of a geek and she's comfortable using reminders, and I know that she'll open it and look in it, I that's the, that's the method I chose. And we have, so we have a shared list and we have a syntax for it. Um, although I never say that word syntax to her. <laughs> yeah. So we have a list. So So what we do is the first thing I have is the name of the person and then the gift, and then parentheses, I put the person who's going to buy it, you know, because a lot of times we'll divide and conquer. So mm-hmm. um, it'll say Rose hyphen Apple Pencil, and then in parentheses, it'll say David. And then in that case, um, oh, for both the gift, we're saying we're going to get Rose and Apple Pencil, and David's going to take care of it. And um, But that doesn't, it's not necessarily written in stone that I'm going to take care of it. If she's somewhere and she picks up the Apple Pencil, she'll check it off. And then uh, so the point is we just occasionally check in on that to see what's left that we need to buy. And um, that works really well for the two of us. But I, I don't know how geeky it is. 
Well, I would say that that is sufficiently geeky because especially if you're sharing this with a less technical person, the most important thing is that the other person's going to use it. Now, I would definitely not classify my boyfriend as less technical. He has a master's degree in software engineering yeah, and yeah. he knows what he's doing when it comes to this stuff. But for him, it's always the uh, resistance factor. How difficult is this to do? Like you might have this amazing idea of this Trello board where you move the, the card from uh, ideas to purchasing and then from purchasing to wrapping and then from wrapping to delivering and then from delivering to waiting for the thank you letter or something like that. You know, that might be a lovely idea, but it's always about the acceptance of the other people that are involved in this. You yeah. know, if you've got a four-year-old kid, is your four-year-old kid actually going to sit there and learn how to use Trello or are they just going to drag the cards wherever they want because they think it's a fun game? Yeah. So I, I would highly recommend if you, you know, even if the other people in your life are really technical and they are super into nerdiness, yeah, there's a lot of value in keeping it simple. If you're looking for a cross-platform solution, I would highly recommend Todoist. That's what I'm sharing with my boyfriend. He keeps all of his project stuff in there. We have Alexa put groceries in there because at this time of year, you want to make sure that you've got all of your groceries because at the very least in a lot of places in Europe, the shops are just going to be shut for almost a week. <laughs> so yeah. you, you want to get everything purchased in advance. Um, and that's great. And we, we have a, a shared gifts, gifts list in there as well. Um, which actually I should have put uh, a Todoist option there. I'll see if I can get that done by the time the show releases. Um, the, uh, somewhat related, since we're on the subject, is 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 uh, birthday gifts. That's another one where you can add some degree of automation. And I don't think we're ever going to do a show on birthday gifts, so I'll tell you about it now. Um, just uh, for me, I just create an OmniFocus repeating task that shows up a week before the um, the birthday, and it allows you to. It says, "Hey, you need to get." Rose a birthday gift. Her birthday's in a week. And that's all I need to kind of get myself rolling on it. And then in terms of the actual, like sending her a note on her birthday, I have calendars tell me and that that usually is enough. Um, as I'm saying it, of course, the automator inside me is going, oh, this would be kind of fun. You could run a query with Siri shortcuts to look at the contacts database and pull out all the birthdays because it actually can do that. And you can sort them by list and then display a list and maybe even manually select which ones you want to create OmniFocus reminders for. Um, that That's actually doable as a series shortcut, um, but that may be a case where the automation is, you're doing it just for the sake of the automation because it, there's not that many people that I have birthdays for, and I created these reminders years ago, and they just work now because they, they repeat every year. So, Yeah. I mean, that's the brilliance of this technique. If it repeats every year in whatever system you're using, you will not forget anybody's birthday. Yeah. Um, whereas if you decide that you're just going to have a shortcut and you're going to run it every month, that month that you don't run it, you will miss somebody's birthday. And if somebody's birthday is on the second of the month or something, you are, you're going to run out of time. So having a, a reminder in your system is definitely a good way. Well, what I was thinking was rather than just do the thing a normal person would do is look through my calendar and just create them each at a time. I would have Siri shortcuts, pull them, and then create the OmniFocus repeating tasks for me, if that makes yeah. sense. But yeah, you know, that, that, sense. that is definitely a case of automating for the sake of automating. <laughs> no, that said, if you want to do it, it's a great exercise. Which so isn't necessarily bad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like that sort of thing is always good, especially if you've got a lot of people to go through, you know, you're probably going to want to grab a list of all the people with birthdays and then sort it out and go, yeah, I don't know. Is David so important that he should get a birthday present? Hmm. Yeah. You know. Don't don't answer that question. You're going to make me sad. 
The answer is yes. David is most definitely important enough. <laughs> the um the other thing I would do is um a lot of times when you're doing holiday shopping or just kind of looking for gifts, whether for other people or for yourself, uh, the way most of us do that anymore is on the web. I mean, so you're searching through, you've gone through Wirecutter, you've you've got the various Amazon pages or whatever you found for the gifts that you uh, want to give or get. And maybe you just need a list of those URLs. Um, that's kind of an interesting problem to automate that that issue. Uh, I was kind of playing with it before we recorded. Uh, there is a keyboard maestro command to get URL, and then you would have to force it to go through for each tab and get the URL for each tab. There's also an Apple script phrase that can look at Safari and pull the URL of the frontmost tab. And once again, you could cycle through those and automatically have it pull each one. Um, but the solution that I found the easiest, because it's already been done for us, is from our friend Brett Terpstra. Who, uh, who? By the way, we need to have on the automators. Um, but the yeah, uh, uh, Brett made a series of things called the Markdown Service Tools, which is some of the best automation for Mac on the web, and it's absolutely free. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Uh, go check it out if you find value in these things. Buy something else that Brett makes, or donate, or do something for him because he's great. But anyway, one of the Markdown Service Tools is just it just grabs all the tabs from. Uh, Safari and creates a markdown list of them. So if you've got your Safari open on your Mac and you've got, you know, 17 tabs open to presents, you either want to buy for, for someone else, or maybe something you want to tell people you'd like, uh, you just run this service. You right click in the text field of any text editor, text edit pages, Ulysses, whatever. And it will run a script that goes to Safari, grabs each tab, creates a URL for the tab and then turns it into a markdown list and, and prints it right into the, uh, the word processor that you're in. And it's just a great little tool and it's all done for you. Yes, that is really useful. Uh, I use uh, Pinterest to store the things that I would like to receive as gifts Yeah, uh, just because it's very visual. And I believe that list is actually public, um, but just because it makes it easier, like my mom doesn't have to have a Pinterest account because she wants to know what Pinterest is and it's very confusing. But if I just send her a page, pretty pictures on it that she can click on and then purchase stuff for me, that's that's much easier. And uh, yeah, that's that's good. Don't forget as well, if you're looking for things to get people and you're stuck for ideas, uh, Amazon does have a feature where you can search for public wish lists of people. So if uh, you search, uh, I would caution you, if you search for David Sparks, you will not find David, uh, just because there are hundreds of David Sparks, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, it might well be that somebody has already created a wish list for themselves and you can go there and steal ideas which is always worth doing. Well, I think it's a, um, I think that's a pretty good start on holiday automation, Rose. I think it is. The only follow-up I would say is, uh, don't forget delegation, <laughs> which is not strictly automation, but, uh, you know, maybe great. if you've got kids or friends, you know, see if you can delegate some stuff to them or at the very least have some fun together this holiday season. That is definitely very important. This, this isn't entirely automation, but every year we try to make a unique, Christmas card for our family. And, and I always, the Mac or iOS is always involved at some level. Um, this year we decided to do the Andy Warhol cards, you know, you know, the Andy Warhol uh, uh, posterized. Yeah. So we took pictures of the four of us all looking really cool. And, um, and then I just did that in, um, 
and Pixelmator on the Mac. I could have done it on iOS as well, but I did it on the Mac this year. And uh, so every year I use the technology to build the cards, and we've had a lot of fun with that over the years. Yeah, that sounds great fun. And that is the sort of thing that everybody enjoys. So It's got a lot easier now, too, because when we first started doing it, we'd like get pictures made of whatever it was that we made, and then we'd have to attach that to a card. But now these printing services have got so good, you can upload your own picture, and they do a really good job of printing it onto the card for you. Yes, which is something you might be thinking, oh, by the time you're listening to it, it's a bit late for this year, but hold on to that idea for next year. Put it in your task management system and have it remind you so that you have an automated reminder for next year. And then print out your labels and you're good to go. (laughs) Yes. All right, right. everybody. Uh, So if you've got more ideas for holiday automation, we'd love to hear them. Uh, Head over to uh, talk.automators.fm. And uh, in the notes for the show, I, I definitely will be reading them all and trying to crib ideas from you because I love automating the holidays. Um, and uh, if you want to learn more about us, we are the automators. We're at automators.fm. We're over at Relay on relay.fm slash automators. Um, Rose is Rosemary Orchard on Twitter. I'm at Max Sparky. What I miss, Rose? Uh, automators is on twitter too automators fm if you want to give us a christmas present and you haven't followed us on twitter follow us on twitter there you go and uh if you have followed us already then uh that's okay i'd say if you want to give us a real uh, christmas present give us a review because we, we've never yeah. i don't think we've ever asked for that in the show and uh, i think we did in the very first few episodes okay but, uh, yeah, we're in double digits now yeah man <laughs> give us a review and everybody have a happy holiday we'll be back with more automation in a couple of weeks see you then